0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Hey, what's up everybody? It's your girl Nia. I'm here on a Sunday, unlike my typical time being on, which is sometime during the week. It's all over the place. I'm still trying to figure it out, you all. Today has been just a trying day with technology. I got to my office and my internet was out. I don't know what's going on, but I'm not here a lot during the week. So if things happen, I'm not really on top of them. So maybe something happened during the week because I called Comcast and they said that they'll be out here for maintenance on 5th. It's just a bunch of crazy stuff that always seems to happen when I come in to record. And I'm always baffled by it. It throws me completely off. And, um, you know, you have to be ready for anything, but my goodness, every time I'm here, it's something. So, I'm definitely considering relocating because my location can't make my work complicated. (laughs) I can easily do uh, more effective work from home if uh, that's the case. Actually, this here to kind of get started on another new season, right? It's August, the beginning of August, um, harvest season, a lot of people call it, a lot of us uh, refer to it as the season of harvest. So if you've been sowing good seed, expect good things. And if you haven't, then you know how that works. (laughs) You you get what you put out, right? I I guess that's, that's just the most real way that I can say it and the most real I can be. You know, but this is the season that we're in. So I'm hoping well and good for all of those who are expecting well and good, because regardless of what anyone else thinks, you deserve it. So uh, as far as my update, because you all know, I know I always do the One Purpose magazine update. I try to keep it in the forefront of all the work that I do, because that is the the foundation to everything that I do, um, my magazine is why I'm doing all of this. So, uh the update with that is that I am going I have initiated raising funds for the next issue to hire some young adult teens and students from Chicago city colleges of Chicago um if they have an interest in writing or getting into the career of media. My focus is training young people up to be writers. I think that it can take them much further than just, you know, being in the forefront, being on social media, you know, those are great things If they have those tools. And if they can, um, you know, gather a following, they're good at that young people are good at that. But we want them to go further in their careers. So we want to introduce them to the skill of writing, make sure that they have an uh, a a solid skill and a solid foundation um, in their tool belt. So with that, I am raising funds so that I can pay them. And so I, I I have my feelings about bringing on interns and things like that. I believe that everyone should be stipend or compensated for their work. And so that's, I'm raising funds to do that. As you all know, it's hard to find money out here nowadays. So we have to depend on different avenues of um, income. And of course, uh, some of the compensation comes out of my pocket. I don't mind doing that because I'm giving to myself Enhance enhance uh, my own vision. So with that being said, I will move on to the next topic, which is self-love. Heart work is what the topic is going to be about today. And I left it very broad because I just wanted to see where the conversation was going to take me. So I'm going to play uh a little tune. I, I, I created this a while ago, and it's really something that I use as an intro to my videos for "As Thyself" by Nia. I always forget to check and see if anyone is in the chat room, but I use this little snippet of a, a song or a tune to introduce my video. So I am going to my videos on YouTube. So I am going to play that now. And if you have not had an opportunity, please check me out on YouTube at One Purpose Mag. On YouTube, I have a couple different channels. I have like an eating channel. I have a self-love channel. And I have, of course, the channel where this is; these shows are um, viewed on, where I break it down into the different uh, sections. And you can view the recording as a video. So anyway, to get to the point, here is the intro that I created for the self-love videos. I thought I would share it here. Here it is. So a vocal for the book to do promos and things like that. And so I use it as an introduction to the videos because I just want to put a reminder out there for people that, you know, when they engage with my self-love topics to remember that a lot of the self-love work is work that you have to do with yourself and your creator. The work really starts there. You know, you have to, renew your heart to renew your thinking to renew your purpose or not even renew your purpose maybe come closer to finding it and 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 having a solid foundation you know it all starts there so that's why i i named the self love topic this week heart work because in order to be better people in the world we all have to do our own heart work to make sure that our heart is aligned with uh uprightness if you will Um, This righteousness, if you will. And some people think that that's not obtainable to be righteous in this world because it's always going to be something that you have to do to get to get ahead or to get yourself out of situations. And that's just not true. We do have the gift of repentance. (laughs) If you're a believer, you understand. We do have the gift of repentance, so you never have to walk around with the guilt conscious because of something you've done, something you said, someone you've wronged. We all have the guilt, the gift of repentance, to repentance, to repent and turn away. Look at God working. I didn't even think about reminding people of that, but look at God working. So if you are uh, at odds with yourself, trying to figure out, you know, where you are, what direction you want to go in, I say start with your heart. Start with, uh, start with those things that's buried deep within that kind of uh, keep you weighed down. You know, you have to be able to release them. You have to be able to let them go. You you have to be able to ask God to renew renew your heart so that you can move forward and begin to doing the things that you desire to do and that you should be doing because that's what you're here for. You know, we all are here to do something great, and we just get caught up in the world. We get caught up in the minutiae of life, and that's okay. But we can't let that hold us back, whatever it is that we have going on, whether it is bad relationships, substance abuse, family issues, deep down buried family issues, you know, work-related issues, financial issues, all of that can be fixed. All of that can be cleansed, and you can start fresh and start new. It's just a choice. You have to make it up. You have to make up, make not make it up, make the choice up, but you have to make it up in your mind that um, you just want to be different. You want to live different. You want to do things differently. You don't want to be stressed. You don't want to fight with all different types of anxiousness and things like that. Although I know some of the anxiety we cannot control. It's all, you know, how our body, uh, how our body works sometimes and all of those things. I'm not a clinical uh, psychologist, so I don't want to get into the clinical aspect of how chemical imbalances work. But, you know, all of those uh, issues that we deal with that are not Related to some type of uh, issues that can be diagnosed, just some of the stressors of life that we actually, that I talked about last week, that we can, that we can actually deal with, you know, we can, we can get help from our creator with that and dig into yourself and ask God to, to help you. You know, sometimes we just need a little bit of help and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying that. So with that, we're gonna move forward to our culture topic. So this one is gonna take a little bit of time because I have a clip that I want to, that I want to play and it's about five minutes. So a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, Tip Harris letter of apology that they put out for being involved in the slave trade. So I'm gonna give a little background on that. Um this video is kind of breaking down what was, what was done, what was said, and where things were as of last week. So here it is. Listen to the clip for me. Everybody, what's up? It's your girl Nia with One Purpose Magazine and host of One Purpose Radio. So, I'm coming to you today with a quick culture topic, and we're talking about the full statement that was given by Lloyds of London Insurance Company or insurance giant. The British insurance giant Lloyds of London sent out an apology in mid-June for their role in the Atlantic slave trade amid this international uproar over systemic racism. And what they said is that they were sorry for propping up the slave industry in the 18th and 19th century and called their behavior appalling and shameful. Uh, It was a shameful and appalling period for English history, and as well as their own. So the company laid out a few things that they want to do. As a response to the statement, rapper T.I. decided to post an open letter to Lloyds of London from the descendants of the enslaved. And on the open letter, he acknowledges their apology, but he just didn't feel like the apology was enough. So on the open letter, he also listed a few things that he suggests um, would be good reparations for the descendants of the enslaved. And he mentioned 10% ownership of Lloyds of London, um, board diversification with at least one member of the 15-seat board being occupied by an African-American. He also included accurate annual tracking of reparations and $1 million cash loan with a 1% interest as a financial recompense made available to every African-American adult once in their lifetime for the next 200 years.
0: Uh, This is uh, the end of the first week of the uh, the Lloyds of London call to action. So I'm giving you guys an update. the CEO has still not responded. Um, I appreciate everybody who is going to sign the petition. What we need is more people to make it their business to go to usaels.org to sign the petition. It's roughly somewhere between 40 to 50 million here in America. Um, this is calling if it's forty-four million people forty-four million black people in America who are descendants of slaves, to get those forty four million people a million dollars, it takes forty-four trillion. Okay. So that's my goal. And I know you probably thinking, damn, forty four trillion, that's a lot. Yeah, but when you look at how many companies have benefited off of the transatlantic slave trade when you look at how many empires that are still in existence today and how much they're worth if you pull 10% from each of them and then you go to a brokerage account uh, and if you have let's just say we make it to uh hmm let's say it's five trillion dollars that is based off of our equity in five different companies okay not five trillion dollars cash i'm talking five trillion based off of this is the value of our equity in these five companies We can take that $5 trillion, right, and we can go to a brokerage account. And based off of these companies' performances, that equity can be drawn down on 10 times of what it's worth today, which would be $50 trillion, which would be enough to get everybody a million dollars.
1: And as for me, I'm just gonna stay tuned and see what comes out of it. If you're interested, in the meantime, visit usorls.org. So that was uh, that was an interesting breakdown by Ti to inform us on his plan that he put out for reparations for black people. And I thought it was interesting. So like in the video or the clip, and I wanted to use that to just help inform and get the message out so that if you're interested in supporting the movement or the cause or his, you know, he doesn't really need help, but I think that because he's done a lot to get the messaging out there, but it's just one of those things that I just want to say that I support because he's thinking, he's learning in the process, and I always talk about people doing that, and he has access to information and resources. So if nothing else, I think we should at least follow it and um, see what comes out of it. So I believe the website is uh, usorelse.com, and I hope you're informed by that because that's the whole point, that's my agenda, is to help people come to a conclusion and understanding of things that is just a little complicated. And a lot of times we do not, um, we see them covered, but we don't really get coverage of them. So I really do believe that his movement is one of the movements that we should pay attention to and, uh, and, and support if we can, in whichever way that we can support it. So moving on, and I'm still in the culture topic um, just locally in Chicago there has been an uprising in issues on the expressway. Now expressway violence, expressway well not violence but traffic accidents are not anything new. We have had um issues with expressways in big cities for a very long time, but you all know that in the past couple of years and mostly most and mostly in the recent years in recent time that we're in now, that there has been a rise in violence on the Bishop Ford, Dan Ryan. And we we hear the stories and we don't hear about it being completely addressed in a way that helps us believe that there's gonna be solutions to what happens on the expressways that travel that get us into the city, the, the city of Chicago. And many of us work, go to school in, 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 the, in Chicago, and I know that a lot is closed down right now, but many of us, like myself, still have a reason to come into the city for work, of course. And, you know, there's hospitals and all kinds of things in the city that people that live south of Chicago have to um, have reasons that they have to come into the city from the south. So there, many of us recently saw the viral video of the young adult who appeared to have been wounded carrying an automatic rifle running to a vehicle on the crowded Bishop Ford Expressway. We read the stories about the shootings on the Bishop Ford. Most re- recently, a 10-month-old baby was shot inside a vehicle. Back in May, the Bishop Ford was shut down because a body was found in the middle of the freeway. And the stories, they go on and on. My concern is that we, as an issue, we hold organizations accountable when society becomes difficult for us to live in. Now, call me the one spoiled child from the suburbs if you want, but I think it's insanity to accept that we have to, to accept what we have witnessed on this expressway as a norm. And uh, so, I read in a couple news reports, in an NBC News report, that state police had recorded 62 expressway shootings in in Cook County this year. This year, as of like last, what was it, last Tuesday? 62. I'm going to repeat that. 62 state police had recorded... Pay attention to your words, to the words. State police had recorded 62 expressway shootings in Cook County alone this year. So when they say had recorded, you know what that means. It means that it could possibly have been more. They just was not documented. So that compares with 52 for all of 2019, 43 in 2018, 51 in 2017 and 54 in 2016. In 2016, 54 was a year when gun violence in Chicago reached levels not seen since the 1990s. 2016 was a really bad year for Chicago. I mean, that goes down in history. Anybody who have been researching studying the um the violence in Chicago knows 2016 stands out as one of the worst years, but 62. So right now, as of August, and it's probably uh, been more since this was reported, but we have already surpassed the worst year of expressway shootings. So there's been a lot of conversations about uh, what can be done what's being done who's responsible and uh they're currently saying that they want to get more surveillance cameras out on the streets to hold people accountable but there's civil rights people that saying that that's exploitation camera surveillance and we have we've learned that cam- camera surveillance does not necessarily work it usually just brings more tickets and uh just more tickets and worry to people that's trying to do the right thing, you know, but it it is what it is. So they don't work. We've seen that. So now I'm I will do my homework on what can be done. But for now I believe that we need the data. We need the Illinois State Police or IDOT to keep us up-to-date on the facts, and more state trooper presence on the freeway. There are specific laws on the freeway that should be followed, especially during times of heightened societal issues. We need state patrol cars presence in these areas. The speed that people travel is dangerous, somewhat understandably so, because people may fear driving through the area because of the news reports on violence. But I do think that we need more of a presence for state troopers and we need the data available. I know I went on to one of the websites, I believe it was IDOT or the state, one of the, it was either the Illinois State Police or it may not have been IDOT, it was probably Illinois State Police. And in order to get data, I was going to have to submit a data form and be a particular type of organization, I believe. So I think that they need that data. And I think that will help. That will help people look at what's, what happens when, where, what area, and things like that. And I think that will help people come up with ideas because this is something that we really need to focus on. I know it, I know there's a lot going on, but we need a plan. And we need something to be done because it's important. It's, it's, it doesn't just affect the city of Chicago. It affects the city and all of its surrounding areas. So we need to hold these organizations accountable. We need people to um, be more vocal about the issues. Uh, it's not normal. It's not something that we have to accept as a normal. And something should be done. So let's come up with a plan. Let's think about something. Let's brainstorm, if you're interested, uh, what could be done. If you have any ideas, hit me up at mia.andrews@gmail.com. at gmail.com, at gmail.com. And uh, I can see who, who's out there that we can work with, who we can partner with. I do have some connections in these areas, so um, we can brainstorm some ideas to see what, what we can do because we need a plan. And charge it to the people that we pay. We pay taxes, right? Tax-paying citizens. Need them to do better. (laughs) In so many areas. And I just want to say, I give a special shout-out to um, people that work in law enforcement and some of our state workers. You know, I know it's a hard time. And we say a lot. And we want to hold you all accountable for a lot. But it's all in love. It's tough love. Tough love. Sometimes you need tough love. Love is correcting. Love challenges you. <laughs> so if you work in those fields, just know that it's not it's not from hate. You know. Not from not from me. I say that, not from me. So the next topic is my main issue, and I always focus my main issue on a health it's always health related. And I don't know if I flesh this out completely for this conversation. But um, this one requires a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Because we talk about mental health issues all the time, but this one is related to suicide in Cook County. So we had a story come out from The Trace, which is a nonprofit news organization covering gun violence. And it says that midway through 2020, Cook County is seeing an alarming rise in the number of suicides among black residents. The number of deaths already has matched all of last year and has this year on pace to be the worst in a decade. Okay. And as of July 24th, The Cook County Medical Examiner's Office has recorded 57 deaths of black men, women, and children from suicide this year. That compares to 56, which was a nine-year low for all of 2019. And so since 2010, the average number has been 65 a year. This is so sad to 65, 56, and 57 so far this year. And also the number of suicides among black people under 30 midway through this year is nearly doubled. Under 30 has nearly doubled the average for the same six-month period going back to 2010, according to the medical examiner's data. The medical examiner also said that it's difficult to know the precise number of black suicides for, for a variety of reasons. In among whether what appeared to have been accidental drug overdoses actually were suicides. So, differentiating the two from accidental drug overdose and, and suicides is something that I won't get into. But um, that is the worry that they appear to be accidental drug overdoses, but they were actually suicides. And so this is why we talk about mental health, and this is why we try to make it become a conversation and not a stigma, because people are suffering. People in our community are suffering, and it's hard for a lot of people. You know, we do not take that lightly. Uh, So many of us are going through a lot of different changes and challenges in life, from jobs to finances to family to death, among many things. And we also have on top of that all of these issues and racism that uh, we have to live with and deal with every day. Every day we have to live and deal with um, just the stressors of the disparities. And when we see a lot that's going on in the world, it seems like there's no way out of all of the issues that we are kind of forced to deal with. And being strong is not an option. I don't want to tell anyone that you have to be strong. But But what we have to be, is open to talk to someone, open to have conversations, open to let people in when we're hurting. And we talk about this all the time. You have to have someone that you trust, even if that is in therapy. You have to have people that you trust that you're willing to share things with. And there are organizations out there that have hotlines, that have different outlet telehealth platforms, so that you, um, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling like a place of uh, despair, feel hopeless or helpless, and you just feel like that there's nothing that you can do or say that can bring you closer to a solution of resolving whatever whatever issue it is that you're having or dealing with. And the reality is that there are solutions. There are things that can be done. There are options that you have that can get you closer to to a solution where ta- where you know <laughs> being at that point of dis- despair is not um, something where you have to make a decision that will um, jeopardize you being being with your family and loved ones and things like that. So um, I'm trying to get some numbers here for for people to call. Uh, there's the National Suicide Hotline. You know, you can text the crisis text line from HOME. You can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741. That you can access with National Suicide Prevention Hotline, and the number is 800-273-8255. But I just want to reiterate and re-say that crisis text line, the crisis text line is you text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. And if you are an organization and you have information and in a hotline or um, a place where people can contact you uh, to provide help and support and counseling for them, please feel free to reach out to me and I can make sure I say that on, on my next uh, podcast. My email address is mia.andrews@gmail.com. at gmail.com. But in the black community, this is definitely You know, the numbers don't lie. We can say whatever it is and believe whatever it is that we want, but at some point, we have to begin to take these topics seriously. So we cannot, this is what I do not want us to do. We cannot, we don't have the luxury right now to say what it is a certain race does or do not do. And I know that the conversation is, is um, and I'm talking about in our communities, there's racial issues that we have experienced and accusations that needs to be clarified. But right now we cannot, it's like zero tolerance for everything right now. We cannot say or create the story or begin, continue the narrative that black people do not commit suicide. I understand where that comes from, and I completely understand why that's said in certain situations. But we can't overlook the issue because we feel like that is the truth. The reality is that it is an issue. Mental health is an issue in the black community. Same thing with opioid overdose. We cannot continue to say, oh, black people don't use opioid." illicit fentanyl is a problem in the black community and we have black people that are dying from it. So we have to begin to start doing away with some of these ideologies that we have. When we say, Oh, black people don't have those issues. Black people don't do this and black people don't do that. Black people who are struggling are not being heard because they're being shut out by that storyline. And we have to begin to accept that, Some of the issues that we write off are actual issues in our community, and we have to begin to address them with a heart of compassion and understanding and knowing that, you know, people really are just looking for help. People are looking for help, and sometimes they don't know how to ask for it. So they turn to things or they feel locked up or stuck. So they turn to things that's just, you know, not good for them or damaging or um, life-threatening. To remember to be open to understanding people and not just writing things off and writing people off because we feel things are only a certain way or, or, or we have our own ideas of what, certain things are and so um, you know I was just in a conducted or supported in doing an interview with the medical examiner of Cook County and these things came up and my team we're working on putting out um, videos to bring awareness to some of these and it comes up and it really hits home with my community the black community That's when I feel like I have to address it. And I feel like I have to really speak up and say something because it's my job to know when something is impacting my community. And it's my job to not just sit in the, you know, sit in an organization and and see other communities get the resources that they need because they're speaking up, they're speaking out, they're making demands. And I see this happening in other communities, but then when it comes to the black community, it's more difficult to get the resources or get the help because we have these stigmas and we have these, these areas of silence. We have these buried issues that we keep secrets and blankets over and we walk away and walk around and act as if the issues don't exist. And the reality is that they do, they do exist. So, we have to deal with it. You know, we have to deal with them. We have to do something about um, the mental health issues that we are experiencing in the black community because this information, this data that came from the medical examiner's office chronicles 2019 and 2020 We don't want the same for 2021. We don't want the same for like for me, an average since 2010, an average number has been 65 a year. For me, and and just in Cook County, for me, that's way too many. That's way too many. That's way too many. So let's start opening our minds to the facts that people are suffering. People are suffering. And we have to be compassionate about that. And not just people. Children are suffering. Children are as well. They are suffering as well. We had uh, one of the stories, the big stories from 2019. I don't have the information here. But um, there was a nine-year-old who committed suicide. And I believe that year the nine-year-old was the youngest. But one is too many and i just feel like we we have to start taking our mental health more seriously and start and taking each other's uh sorrows taking them to heart and having compassion for people and not writing things off as you know it's something that black people don't do we don't we don't we don't have those issues because we do okay we do and that's just the reality like I said, the numbers do not lie. You know, you can, you all can have a, a celebrity telling you these things and it will at least resonate resonate some. And, you know, but someone like myself who is just here in my community, here around my people and amongst my people, really finding out the information and finding out what's going on so that I can bring these things to you so that we can address them you know, you for some reason I'm not taken seriously. It's just like, oh, you all need a celebrity to say it. So I'm talking about it, and if I can align with a celebrity, then I will. You know, I will to get the message out. I know a couple of people that I might reach out to, because, like I said, right now is not is not the time to 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 kind of fall back on what we think is normal for Black people because, like I said, the numbers don't lie. Already recorded 57 deaths of Black men, women, and children from suicide this year. And it doesn't say, you know, between the time of the, the pandemic, um, you know, but the numbers had already been up for uh, to, uh, just start changing our mindset around mental health issues. And I hate to end on a somber note because I only get to be with you all once a week. But I really want us to start thinking about these things and these issues so that we can start addressing them. I know we want to get back to life as we knew it, you know, sports, fun, out, concerts. Oh, I would love to go to a concert. How I would love to go to a concert right now. Like I really want a concert, but I am, um, you know, trying to focus on what we need to focus on, and to make sure that I'm doing my part. And these issues don't go away. You know, we just get better distracted. That's what that's all about. They don't go away. I tell people all the time, and I've said this a, a number of times. I've been working in this field since 2000. Nine, 2008, 2009. I've been at it for years. I, everything that you all hear me talk about from violence to mental health issues, I have written about in my previous magazines. I have talked about, I have blogged about. None of this stuff is new. What it is, is that A lot of people just have time to pay attention to it because we don't have so much going on to distract us. So right now, we can get in the creases of the issues to bring some type of normalcy to the chaos. We have an allotted time to fix or at least lay our prayers on them, show up in them do some work to bring some change that, the, that our communities need. And I don't want to take this time for granted that we have to focus because there's going to be a time where we're going to come out of it and a lot of the attention is going to be removed from some of the issues in our communities and people are going to be distracted again. And people like myself will continue to go on doing the work, and you know struggling and fighting to be heard but right now i do not want to not you i do not want to miss the opportunity to use my voice to bring some of the spring light to some of these really dark places because we need attention on some of these issues i've heard black people say one that bothers me um even with, with the suicide, the one that bothers me as well is that, you know, the opioid crisis is not a black issue. How you look at it is not a black issue. But illicit fentanyl, it's taking our people out. It's taking them out. And we have to begin to be more open-minded to what the data is telling us. Like, I know we don't trust people and we don't trust organizations and things like that, but we have to be more, we have to understand that people are going through and they have access to things that are taking them out in, in, in ways that we may not be used to or we may not understand. So I just want to be able to use my voice and my platform to speak on these things, understanding that there'll come a time where, you know, People will drift away again, and I'm okay with that, but right now, right now, I want to bring light to the darkness, so love on people, love on yourself so that you can love on people better, take the opportunity to think about some of these things that came up, and be a light, be a light to, to those dark areas. Call somebody you think about, you know, do the little things that count, do And until next week, and I think it'll be probably Sunday again, but until next week, I'll holler at you. God bless you.